Welcome to HLB Cross Border Business Talks, HLB's global podcast series on international business topics. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm joined by Caroline Monk from HLB UK and Jennifer Chowan, who's a member of HLB's International Assurance Committee, to discuss the impact of COVID 19 on audit and assurance. So COVID-19 is having an impact, a significant impact on financial reporting. What are some of the main challenges businesses are facing in light of the ongoing crisis? Uh, Jen, if I can start with you. I think for many businesses, it's the uncertainty of the current environment uh, in terms of both the impact, the severity, the duration of public health measures on their operations. So we've been through lockdown in many countries and now we're reopening with restrictions, but some are having to uh, increase public health measures again. And so all of these conditions um, create a lot of uncertainty for business because they can impact the capacity at which they can operate. And so it becomes very challenging to forecast cash flows. So things like revenue, collection of receivables, because customers can be suffering as well. And these can impact uh, items like accounting estimates or even the going concern uh, valuation. So uh, the uncertainty is really causing a lot of challenges, I find, for businesses in the current environment. I, I would agree, Jen. I think I think it it, it is it, it's just that one word, uncertainty, isn't it? And and at the outset, I think there there was just a need just to to find out how you can possibly work in this this more remote environment, etc. Um, whereas now we're, we're having to function an ongoing function. So I'm having a lot of conversations with clients now where where they're, they're for their their bank renewal renewing the facilities for their bank and and how how do you reflect the uncertainty in there you know if you take the worst case scenario for everything for the revenue for the costs etc you end up at an, an answer that might be complete well it might be completely right but it might be completely over the over the top and, and preclude them from getting the funding for, for for a more reasonable position so so it's a challenge to navigate where in in that spectrum you you pitch your 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 caution and you mentioned um like the difficulty with remote working now everybody is you know at home so a, a real key component to any um, audit is the access to client data so how are auditors working with clients um, to kind of overcome this hurdle well, I think we're probably working in a variety of ways but it, it probably works in 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 some some ways in a similar similar fashion um, I think or the on on the insight of um, all this video conferencing really helps and we're doing a lot of screen sharing with clients so that they they will sit and you know can you show us this and and they'll show us this um i think where it gets tricky is when it's a client that you don't know so well because when when you know when you've got a good relationship with a client and you know who does what and where how they store them and, and store the information it's one thing when it's a new client it's quite difficult to to work out how to how to get comfort that what you're being shown in this in this environment is really what it is and and you're not just being given a piece of paper to tick a box and go away um, which is which to be fair is a risk when you're in auditing in 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 the real world as well so so I think it's the same challenge it's just just a different aspect to it 
And I think we're seeing the same thing. So actually, we're getting uh, a lot of good results out of working live with clients over video call platforms. So screen shares, as Caroline mentioned, and demonstrations of processes, walkthroughs. I think this has worked really well. And also, uh, there's a lot of platforms out there that support encrypted file transfer portals and even help organize that information into the request list. So I think those items are all working really well. I think another item that's really helping is to set up recurring check-ins with uh, the team, so the client and the auditor, just to make sure that everyone's on the same page. Uh, because if we're all not in the same physical location, if we have that recurring check-in, be it daily or a couple times a week, uh, we just make sure that we're all aware of where everything is at and it helps us to overcome some of those challenges of not being uh, physically present in the same location. Yeah, I'd agree. And I think bizarrely, for, for many audits, as, as the audit partner, I feel I feel more in touch with what the audit team were, team are doing in the field work than I would do if they were out at the client and I didn't see them for three weeks while they were at the client. So it's it's a, a strange, strange position that. And kind of leading on from that with, um, you know, remote access is a big, um, big part of how you're doing audits now. How can um, businesses kind of ensure that the quality um, of audits taking place during the pandemic kind of still meets the standards required? Is there anything that can be done to um, you know, navigate that process? I think we always need to step back and make sure there's effective communication with auditors. Uh, I think in this environment, uh, companies will have to understand that our information requests are probably going to be more extensive than in prior years. So, for instance, if we've remotely observed something, we want we might want more independent confirmation than in prior years about those items. Um, also, if there was one set of controls up to lockdown in March and we have another set of controls on everyone working remotely, we're going to need to understand uh, and walk through both systems, and that is going to generate a bit more work. Uh, I think uh, how they can also support the quality of audits is to understand that there might be more issues with impairment or uh, going concern, so they may have to engage management experts more than they did in the past, and also to communicate with uh, lenders early in advance about covenants or waivers or deadline extensions. Uh, so all of these things can contribute to audit quality by making sure there's enough time to appropriately uh, prepare for them and address them. Yes, I'd, I'd agree. I think... Um, I mean, audit quality has been been the sort of the the, the nagging reminder on on our, in our ear all the all the way through, hasn't it? For a, for a, a number of years now, audit quality is sort of paramount, and I don't see that anything is different now. It's not that we're now trying to do a better quality audit than we were trying to do before. We're just trying to do this to do the same same job. Um, and the and the one thing that I'm very conscious of and, and talk to the team about is is not forgetting not forgetting the basics while we're getting excited by the the covid risks so yes there are going concern or impairment considerations we need to do in terms of that covid risk but that doesn't mean that that what what was a risk in that business before will still be a risk in that business today and that it's very easy to overlook that whilst we're busy documenting why um, the covid hasn't hasn't created an increased risk area 
And at the start of the pandemic, um, many governments introduced like financial measures to help businesses weather the impact of COVID-19. And this has had an impact on things like group audits, for example, because some jurisdictions have now changed the reporting deadlines. So what conversations should auditors be having with their clients about this and how do they manage these group audits kind of moving forward? Well, that's that's kind of interesting because I was just having that very conversation with them. with a client of ours, which is a part of a, well, it heads a worldwide group um, just yesterday um, in that. And uh, I mean, the key to everything through COVID, everything begins with a C in COVID, doesn't it? It's, it's down to that communication. Um, and although although the, the local auditing re, re, um, filing requirements may have been pushed back, that doesn't necessarily mean the group audit Um, reporting is, is being pushed back so it's is that communication to see it does someone does anyone anticipate an issue with that and if they do um, what, what can we do about it and and how can we work together to to, to manage that problem um, but so far I don't know whether I've just been blessed so far it's so far we've been all right I'm not saying that we haven't had group audits where, where timetables haven't slipped but they've they've slipped in line throughout the whole group rather than just one aspect of the group slipping behind the others. And I would agree. I think it's just really a function of communication. In some instances, we're able to uh, uh, to implement measures to accommodate uh, the information not being available from the other entities. And in some, it simply has to be postponed and there has to be clear communication about that. And also for many business leaders, their focus has been on operational continuity. So for some anyway, rather than audit obligations. How do you as an audit advisor demonstrate your contribution to helping them identify risks and opportunities? I, I, I definitely. So, sorry, Caroline, go ahead. No, no, you go. I, I definitely appreciate there's a lot of uh, daily stresses, uh, even for our own operations about workforce safety. And so managing the day to day is uh, really challenging. Uh, I think if you look at uh, some of the requests, though, that auditors make, they really do help the business uh, examine its overall strategy in the long term. Uh, and it can also help business continuity. So, for instance, documenting changes about controls can help another person step into that role quickly if someone becomes ill or is required to self-isolate. I think documenting your mindset uh, and processes and your assumptions can help an entity have more effective evaluation uh, later on when you document maybe why things didn't go as you expected. Uh, and I think also evaluating expected cash flows under different scenarios Uh, helps with continuity planning. So uh, all of these uh, examinations of underlying assumptions help an entity critically evaluate uh, not only what their uh, uh, current plans are, but also how that might impact what they're going to do in the future. Yeah, I agree. I, I think one thing we found, though, is is that whilst I think we were quite quick to to sort of pick ourselves up and work out how we could manage to arrange and organize an audit working in these conditions. What we didn't perhaps envisage was that not all clients would would either either be able to or have the appetite to, to be able to do the same. So so as the um, release of the filing sort of deadlines came through, it, it you know people started saying, well actually I'm I don't want to rush this, I want to wait. 
you know, at the outset, I want to wait till it's all back to normal. Now, now when it's clear it's not going to be back to normal for a, for a, a long while, they still want to wait. Um, and, and, and there is a danger that we're going to get sort of a backing up of, of, of delayed audits um, into a, a next season, which is going to be quite a challenge to manage. Um, that's, that's our headache at the moment. And how that will impact on their operational effectiveness will be will be interesting, you know, because there's, you know, you'd like to think that the audit does provide some sort of value to it. So so maybe that will become more apparent. And for those kind of global businesses that are maybe thinking of, oh, they can push things back or anything like that, kind of what do you anticipate the new normal for audit looks like? <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> very, very leading, no. all tough question to answer at this stage. I know. Well, yeah. well, no, it's because because the you know the the new normal for the audit sits in the context of the new normal for for the sort of society and whole, doesn't it? We 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 aren't isolated. We're part of a whole, and 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 I'm sure it's the same in other other areas. But sitting in the UK, I feel like we're one step forward, a couple of knocks to the side, and a bit of a knock backwards, and you don't quite know where where you're going going to um but we're very conscious um that this time of year is when we take on our, our sort of next next generation of auditors they, they finished university and they come and start in september and we're really conscious that whilst whilst we've been able to work effectively remotely with a, a team that are established and we know well and we trust well and and know all those those important facets are there bringing new people into this team when they've never never worked in a professional environment before never been an auditor before is really difficult so so that's that's one of our focuses now is how we can how we can make people feel safe to be back in the office environment so that we can we can be properly introducing the new members to our team and I think that in terms of the new normal, it's it's really just about, as Caroline was mentioning, being flexible and resilient and adaptive to respond to the changes as they come, because uh, both for clients and for us as practitioners, we can't really predict what, uh, what might be required of us in three months. But we uh, have that basic toolkit of analytic skills, of uh, uh, skills about how we think that are really important that uh, always help us to persist in this environment and adapt to it. So I think the new normal involves embracing that and going forward with those basic skills and remembering that they're, uh, they're very important and will help us adapt to whatever may come. I think teams in general will have to remain being far more agile than, than we were before. I think, I think teams will be far more um, collaborative in, in working, working, in a group, so you won't have a a number of people designated to each client. You you will just have more of a of a of a blended service provider. Because I mean, Jen and I were talking before we started that if you if if children are, are hopefully fingers crossed go back to school, if they if they can't stay at school because they've got a sore throat or something, we're we're likely to have people suddenly not being available for work at short notice and we're going to need to find ways to to work around that yeah that's very true um yeah so as we can say that the new normal will be very different for both clients and and auditors in general so watch this space over the next few months Um, great well thank you both very much for your time and thank you all for listening 
Thanks for listening. For more information about this topic and other cross-border business insights, visit www.hlb.global forward slash insights.